I'm John Ryan. And I'm J.D. Orr. And this is the I Handball, You Handball, We All Handball, or Do We podcast, a USA Handball talk. Well, J.D., that was an excellent, uh, uh, clever catchphrase for this. I, I wasn't was expecting fitting. that. I give it a thumbs up. Good, good. I'll work on the wittiness. So I thought it was pretty good. But, how, yeah, how are you there's doing, a lot, uh, lot going on right now in the handball world, at least here in the U.S. or lack thereof in some instances. So yeah, there, there sure is. There is a lot of a lot of good stuff going on. Um, well, first off, I thought we'd do a short intro uh, regarding this podcast. There's been many incarnations. You had the uh, shoot straight. straight. Yep. I had my team handball news. I think I came up with multiple different numbering schemes didn't really have a uh, set plan um we're not even for sure if this is going to be a set plan but we we do talk regularly and we say well you know i'm sure other people would be interested in our fascinating uh yes. conversations um just just to highlight a few things um we're primarily going to focus on handball in the u.s it uh, doesn't mean we'll we'll stray into other topics uh, internationally, but I think there's enough to cover in the U.S. for our small but hopefully ever-growing community that uh, we can um, share some news and views just on just on what's going on in the U.S. Um, your thoughts, JD, uh, on on that? Does that pretty much align with what you're thinking? Yep. Sums it up, you know, John, I've been dabbling with this idea for quite some time now. So being able to finally put it into fruition and I get some free time to, to talk handball, I think uh, it's what we want. Just doing this for fun. You know, plenty of uh, comments can be made and we'll, we'll listen. We might not respond to, uh, you know, hate mail and whatnot, but feel free to chime in accordingly. Sure. Um. And, and just a couple, a couple uh, announcements for all our viewers out there. If you have a good idea of what we should call this podcast, uh, we're open to recommendations. If you are so inclined musically that you want to come up with some snazzy intro music, uh, you are you are welcome to welcome to send that as well. Um. But with that short, we get. anything we can get with that short intro out of the way, what 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 is this? I handball, you handball, we all handball. Explain that to me. Yep. So, um, for those of you who don't know, here I'm based in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is slowly becoming a bit of a handball hotbed, um, just due to the volume of both games and activities and players that are. Coming out of here, but Mark Ortega, uh, he recently moved back into the area. wanted to wanted to do something to get kind of handball growing uh, in our in our space, and kind of wanted to start his own academy program. I told him that it's going to be a little bit tough. You got to you know people want to play games, so um, he went down the, the the idea of of having a a league, and that's kind of where we started. Um, and so uh, 
he came up with this eye handball, which is going to be his platform for, you know, instruction, recruitment, events, etc. cetera. Um, you can check it out on his website, iHandball.com. Um, but we started with the league here in Columbus playing all our games at the Westwood Fieldhouse where the Armada had uh, their brief stint of home games that we tried to do. Who's participating in that league? So we, it's funny, you should ask. So there's six total teams. Um, Mark came up with different names for each one of them, but in you know, simplicity's sake, you have two teams from Ohio State. You have a team from Miami of Ohio. You have a basically a team and a half of Columbus Armada and then the Pickerington Pandas and then the other half teams, just a bunch of random guys. What is the Pickerington, Pick, Pickerington Pandas anyway? Yep. So the the pandas formulated uh, when it was mostly the 2020, 2022 and twenty twenty three Ohio State graduates got together. They wanted to, you know, keep playing handball. They had some good success with Ohio State, and uh, they liked, you know, playing with each other. And they kind of formulated their own team. A large majority of them are all from a suburb of Columbus known as Pickerington. Uh, I had named them the Pickerington Bucks. Uh, play on you know, the Buckeyes, whatever, they didn't like that, so they changed the name to the Pandas. Alliteration, it's always popular. Yep. Although Pandas, that might be the weenie whopperest uh, mascot of all time. I don't know. Maybe maybe the banana, slug, banana slugs of Santa Cruz. Yep. Probably right up there with that. Or, or even the if Padres. If their opponent's you know. bamboo, then uh... – might be a different uh, situation. They would but, shred them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you start out with the league, and, you, and you're playing like uh, once a week. So I, I'm yep. thinking three games, two games. Yeah. So there's three games each each Thursday night, nine, ten, and eleven p.m. start times. Holy crap! Eleven p.m. Yep. It's usually Good like Lord. eleven fifteen by the time the game actually starts. That is hardcore dedication. dedication. Wow. And Miami, Ohio, for those that don't know, is a two-hour drive. So they drive, you know, two hours from campus, come play their game for an hour, drive back. You let them play the seven o'clock game, I hope. Or nope. the nine o'clock they, game. They have they usually get the nine o'clock. So they get the nine o'clock slot. So yep. That's only fair. So uh, the idea, I guess you got kind of a core group of people that are playing now. I mean, this is this is in addition to uh, you know, whatever is left of the Trailblazer League and then uh, what other tournaments that people are going to. Um, so this is kind of a supplemental league. Um, but now you're looking at, I guess, for lack of a better word, you're kind of putting together an all-star team, maybe maybe out of some of those folks and then, you know, whoever else you can find too, I suppose. Yep. I think that's a, a fair summary. And, you know, I went ahead and calculated, I think, uh, the Ohio State teams in Miami have played uh, combined like 18 games this semester so far. I mean, like individually, each team's around 18 to 20 games already uh, since late September. Um, but yeah, we're we're kind of Mark's Mark's even got the a little tagline. I don't know if you knew this one that whoever wins the league, they are getting a uh, partially paid trip to Japan to train with a Japanese handball club for a week. The Japanese club will be handling all expenses for lodging, food, 
um, and training. You just have to get your flight there. So, um, but as far as the the All Star kind of team goes, they're they're doing a regional team tryout. Um, you know, Mark's trying to put together to get some more high level training. You know, it's something that Robert and I have talked about is and Mark as well, just trying to find a way to get more going here in the States for the domestic players. Uh, but at the same time, there's no U24 national team or any kind of pathway with it. So it's more of just a opportunity to get guys of like, like-minded skill and age opportunity to play together. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I think that's a worthy uh, a worthy objective. I, I've, I've spoken with Mark Ortega a couple times about it. Um, my my only well, first off, you know, I had an article where I was talking a little bit about my past history. You know, I was talking a little bit about the Olympic Festival and, and what a good stepping stone that was because you you, know, you got your clubs here and then you got the national team. Um, it's it's hard to to make that climb to the national team, and we don't really have much in between it. And I think, I think the idea is this is something that could serve as a, as an in-between function. Um, at least that's, that's one way I view it. Yep. It's definitely a chance for these guys that are, you know, they might be, I don't know, fourth or fifth, maybe on, on a, a deep player pool kind of thing as, as emergency options, but if they're getting good reps and they're getting looks, you know, maybe you have people like a Luke Bolte that want to go take a year and, and play with a, with a club in Europe for fun, you know, and just, just for fun, nothing, nothing more than that. Um, and that kind of gets some exposure uh, in that sense. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, that was, you know, I think that the uh, form club handball FCH program, I think it's a good concept. One, one, one of the minor concerns of that was, it's kind of like uh, you're either going into a fairly high up club or you're, you're not going into it. And one of the things that I have uh, proposed or advocated for is kind of like a, I don't know, you can call it FCH light, if you will, you know, but, but put, help somebody get to the level of club in Europe that that's a good fit for them. But um, it, it, it is not a waste of time for them. Yep. You know, so you know where they can they can get better as a player, but it's not too much better than they are, and it's a serious club, not somebody that just practices, you know, once or or twice a week, unless that's what they're looking for. I mean, you know, when I my one year that I played in France, that's all I was looking for. We practiced once a week and played once a week. That was that was plenty enough for my thirty uh, eight year old body. Yep. Yep. And, and and another part I liked about it is is the plan to go to to Norway and actually play some games where uh, uh, Coach Robert Head and the national team coach could could see some of these guys play. Yep. Yep. So yeah, Robert, you know, he's definitely open, and I've you know talked with him about that. We obviously went and trained with his club. Uh, the Ohio State guys did uh last last year for spring break and uh i'll admit you can watch the film yourself but i think a lot of our guys held their own uh with some of his players um not saying they would earn a spot on the team but it was respectable i think for 
taking guys that have never played with stick'em before. So if you take a, a group of guys that are training at a higher level together, it it should be it should be a good 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 view, you know, good representation of the development that we have right now here. Let's factor in that anybody going over there has played less handball than anybody they're playing against. So I mean right. um I think Robert's been around enough U.S. handball enough to know that that's that's a pretty big handicap that you have to uh, that you have to factor factor in. I mean, you might go, "Well, well this guy's twenty two. How come yeah. he can't do that?" Well, he, he's only been playing for a year, yep. you know, or two years, or or or, or whatever. Um, you, you have to factor that consider consideration in. I'm not going to play. I'll, I'll play this card lightly. Uh, but you know, wasn't it DKMM that didn't start playing handball until he was like 17 or something like that? I, I don't know, but okay. he's such a phenomenal athlete. And that's, that's I'm just, I'm not yeah. saying that oh, I have yeah. those phenomenal athletes right now here that are, you know, on the cusp of handball. But you know, there's some guys I think at, at West Point and throughout the country that are on the younger side that are on that kind of, you know, high caliber athlete um, that with the right training could be interesting to see how they turn out. I mean, and, and I'll just go out here and say, all right, Deke Mem is the best handball player in the world right now, in my opinion. I mean, yep. he, he makes things look so simple and he does it so smoothly. And he, and he used to be just a one-dimensional player, but now he can pass pretty good. He he, the the only way you stop him is to put him on the bench. That's, yep. that's my only complaint with uh, with uh, the substitution patterns sometimes for the, for the French national team um, because they have a lot of good players. That obvious tangent. Now the the one the one slight issue I had with Mark that that I gave him a I didn't give him grief about. It. I said man he, he it gives people a half right now to make it toward the national team. But I look at our current national team, and even with some of those guys aging out, that's a difficult path right now because we we have some younger guys and we have some guys that already know how to play, and they're also pretty good athletes. Um, so um, I don't know if 2028 is, is realistic. You're going to have to be a pretty good athlete. You're going to have to play in this in this in this team. Go to Europe, impress the hell out of a coach, and get sent to play with some club team in Europe. And you have to do that pretty damn soon. Yep. Yep. Because because that's the state I think with our our current men's team. It's not that we don't have better athletes that could play handball. It's just that they aren't playing handball right now. And it would take them a while to get up to that level. Um, yep. So you're 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 in agreement with hundred hundred percent. And you know, even look at position wise, like the pipeline of you know, you've seen the youth and junior, you know, athletes in the last, and it's just this last year, you know, the caliber of of players that we have that have that dual citizen kind of opportunity. You know, you got the Tristan Morovskis, you got the. Um, uh, blanket uh it's mick something mccall uh maxim mccauley you got 
you know, the, those, those are some versatile guys that, you know, they're still very young and can be kind of still don't know what kind of development they're going to be on. And you don't even know with Maxim, he, he can play a lot of different positions. You know, even the guys that are on the team right now, like Paul, Amir, um, they're, they're still got a lot of, a lot of mileage left in the tank. Um, and so it just makes it difficult for, uh, you know, Amar, give me, people a path where it, it 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 it's conceivable, you know, and then they can they can they can see for themselves. You know, right now we don't have a path. We have to we have to take a uh, you know you have to hyperspace to you know straight to the national team. That's a tough that's a tough uh, tough tough quantum leap, if you will. Yep. Um, but maybe this is a good transition to talk a little bit about the uh, the women's team, the U-20 team that's coming up. And uh, um, they're going to be playing in Mexico starting on Saturday. Uh, I think their first game is against Cuba. They have a uh, – looks like a good competition. They're going to play five, five straight games in a six-team round robin. Um, one of your players is going to be on yep. the roster. And I think maybe, you know, a few other things about the tournament. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Hannah Faulkner, she's, uh, a unique, I'd say situation here as she had been on the youth national team, uh, I think for at least a year or two, uh, with Craig Rott. Um, she was based out of Barrington, Illinois. So she was training with Craig and, uh, found her way here at Ohio state and she's, now a freshman and what was interesting is I saw her name make the list I never saw a tryout um you know or anything like that because where I was a little befuddled is that we have at least one other player on our our women's team at Ohio State that I think is very much capable of, of being on that kind of team she plays at a pretty good level um she had played growing up in Korea um, and she's been in the States now for the last, I think like eight, eight years. Um, she has, a pa- she has got a U.S. passport, but there was never any posting about the tryout or anything like that, that I saw. So she kind of missed the window. Um, uh, I, I don't check the U.S. site every day, maybe every other day. And, um, yeah, I would say that's a foul if, uh, if there wasn't more of a now, now let's 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 be straight up. There's there's not a whole lot of athletes out there. They they right. They probably feel like they know everybody, but hey, you you never know. Um, I I had no idea that you had a, somebody that had been playing in Korea for a little bit. So yeah, yeah, um, she's been playing center back for us. With Arianne's been battling uh, some ankle injuries and things like that, but uh, Aaron is stepped in and she's been hold on a second Arianne's on the team she didn't tell her teammates that hey i'm gonna be playing in this no Arianne's too old she's not on that roster she's not on the roster yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah. okay so she wouldn't be aware of that okay my bad right no you're you're okay but what was interesting with hannah is that she uh was just kind of added to a group chat and that was that um there was no no formal tryout or filling out anything um so some little so interesting are, business is she gonna launch a protest no nope, nope. she could she would have a pretty damn good case yep kind of late so, now 
probably would piss off some people. So we'll see. Um, but you know, I talked with Martin today. He's got other fish to fry right now. Their their hotel that they're staying at doesn't have functioning windows. I should say it doesn't sound like they have um, actual windows, and it's abnormally cold down there. Um, so they don't have any heat in their room. Are they staying? Are they staying at the Olympic Committee? Yep. Yep. Uh, those are some. Uh, I, I stayed a week. I stayed a week in there. Not, not super great accommodations, but the price was right. Um, when the uh, the U.S. men were there for Norca, they moved out into a hotel, and they said that they were basically paying the same, uh, the same price. But you know, I was there in the summer. I don't remember seeing a heater. Yep. <laughs> but so. um, wow, that, that that you know that's that's. The experience that you told me from Columbia or whatever, that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> that, that experience <laughs> tops not having heat, but yeah, Mexico is pretty high altitude. So it could get be a little chilly there. So, yes, yeah, so we'll see if that uh, plays a factor with their play here this week. Um, but uh, other than that, yeah, they kind of went down, I think on Monday, they went down there and I, uh, they play here to tomorrow is their first game. Um, Saturday, I believe. Saturday, okay. I'm all turned around here, but um, yeah, there's a lot of names on the roster that I do not recognize. Um, I try to do some digging around, and seem to be some just a couple random high school athletes that I have not heard of on the circuit. I think one was in Florida, and another one might have been in Virginia or something like that. But really, I I, I assume that they were duels. I, I, uh, if they could be, they could be, and they just moved to the U.S. or something. I, you know, maybe I, and I, I saw names. I saw, I did a quick Google search and, um, some folks came up in, uh, in Europe, of course, and, uh, some in Mexico. Um, so I mean, they've, they've got some experienced players. Um, you know, for the level of competition that'll be playing, they should be competitive. Yeah. I mean, they, they took, uh, I think they took second last time they were there. Um, I don't think Cuba was there. I suspect Cuba probably has some, some girls that can play. Um, the other teams, uh, let's see. Um, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Guadalupe, Guadalupe, I think it's always interesting that they're very good at the youth, obviously the youth and junior levels. And then the the players that can make it go end up going to the French team or just that's the end of the road for them. They're French. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, I mean, this, this team is kind of a, um, I wouldn't say for fun, you know, but it's, 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 it's like a, it'd be like a U.S. state team basically. They're an in- integral part of France. They they are French, um, and and you could you could argue that you know I, I guess this is a shorter trip for them, but you know they also go back and forth to France quite a bit. And if somebody's good, they've already they've already been moved to France probably. Um, I, my name escapes me. They got a couple of really good athletes on the. Uh, on the French national team now. Um, 
And then that was one of my other ideas was like, Hey, you know, the years that we don't have a, a Norca championship, let's, let's have a, a French department all-star team, bring back the, the French all-stars as heroes to, to Guadeloupe or Martinique and have the U S and Cuba and, you know, one other team and let's have a, uh, unofficial championship with the, uh, with, uh, the, the French people from the Caribbean. Yeah. And, and they, cause they, they, they have a, they have their own culture, their own, uh, and I experienced this in France when we, I put, played basketball. We'd have to over 35 team after my one year playing handball, play basketball. I always, I always liked it when there was a couple of black guys on the team. Cause I figured they were probably from Guadeloupe, Martinique and they had the petite punch. And it was, you know, just kind of a, I don't know, kind of a grain alcohol thing. And that felt so good <laughs> on old bones after, uh, after playing. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure they have a decent team. It'll be good competition. Um, and it's not, it's not to the level of like the world championship. So um, we should be right in the mix for that. And it should be all stream too. They, they had the uh, youth championships in Mexico um, this past week. The U S did not send a team. Uh, do you want to care to guess why they did not? Um, we don't have anyone. Don't have enough people for a team. Well, so I, I suspect I haven't seen a roster of ages. I suspect suspect we have plenty of youth players playing on that team. You know, I, I guess it's depending on how they work the calendar years. It's U eighteen and U twenty or U nineteen and U twenty one. Um, and four years ago, they they did a youth and a junior team. And they had to really stretch the experience of the players. And they sent a junior team. Well, I think it was in Chicago. That was just, they yes. were just, they, the results of those matches have been hidden on the U.S. website. It was absolutely, they got annihilated because they were so inexperienced. So and, and that was my, those were my, my Ohio State girls. That was 2019 in Montreal. So they had. Okay, Montreal. It was three. They had literally like four weeks of experience with handball. Now we know why JD didn't know about these tryouts. Yep. Didn't want me to be sending people again. <laughs> they did not want any of those there. Ohio State girls. No, I, I. You know, it's it's kind of. We basically with the with the women's program and. To the men, we I guess we have a few more athletes that we can fill both a youth and a junior team with a preponderance of dual citizens that already know how to play. And and, and with the junior team, um, with the junior team, you have um, you know some college players that can play, especially on the men's side. We saw that with the West Point, but we just don't have enough players right now with the uh, with the women that basically you have to decide and, and you're going to go with the junior team because players can play up in age. They can't play down in age. Yep. So um, that's, that's the way it works. All right. So Time travels in one direction. Yeah. So, so JD, you know, one of the things we talked about was we were going to try and keep these uh, down in time. I've been warned that we have nine minutes left. I guess that gives us time for one more topic. Uh, 
to, to touch on? What's your choice? Well, as I'm wearing my, I could have worn my Cal Heat official jersey uh, to help sponsor their Super Club trip, but I decided to go with a little bit warmer of a black and orange shirt. I figured we'd touch upon their historic victory from just a few weeks ago. I did not know that you were a Cal Heat mercenary. I had played for Cal Heat uh, in my, man, probably my first ever like uh, kind of club game. We I was on the junior national team. We did a training camp in L.A. And uh, for like two days before we went to Guatemala, and we had three goalies on the team. There was a German guy, Maurice Marks, uh, David Brown from West Point, and myself. I had no business being on that team. Uh, we did no no need for three goalies. And so Cal Heat didn't have a goalie. And they said, J.D., do you want to you know play with us in these kind of friendlies? And I said, sure, why not? Um, what was fun is that Cal Heat beat the junior team. So um, I was on the winning side. Uh, so I, I enjoyed my time with Cal Heat. And then I ended up playing with them again at the Vancouver like BC Cup the next year and we won that tournament and I got MVG. So I got some nice Cal heat, uh, you know, praise I'd say. <laughs> well, you know, people playing for different teams is not something new to the U S and I, like I, I had in my commentary, it's something I've done. Um, and you know, part of that is the great distances our country has. Um, and, you know, trying to give people opportunity to play, you know, like, like what, what you were doing for that, you know, I, I guess why I can't get excited about it is I think it's been taken too far. And, um, you know, I, 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 in a perfect world, I'd like to see the clubs associated with the city that they're in yep. and almost all the players there and you only add a player if you have to because you you don't have a goalkeeper. That's that's what we called it back in the day. We called it rent a goalie because right. you'd have a bunch of guys that knew how to play, and they, they didn't want to go to a tournament with without a goalie. And, and so for a long time, it was just people adding goalies, you know. Um, I, I think it's gone too far, both from a, from a practical sense in the U.S. I mean – People were doing it back in the day to win the U.S. National Club title. Now you can do it to qualify to go to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you look I at just can't get budgets. excited about it. Nobody's breaking any rules. Nope. Um, but maybe there should be some. <laughs> I, I, I'm not in charge. I just – Nope. It just – it just I, I don't know what the exact solution is. But to pretend it's no big deal, um, doesn't matter. I I just disagree with that. It, it just seems wrong, uh, you know. And I, I feel bad about it whenever, you know. I, I'd say for the most part, we do a pretty good job here in Columbus. That Panda guys play with pandas, and Armada guys play with Armada. But you know, if you really think about it those two teams, we are one, you know, family. I know they don't like to think that, you know, but I see them as one unit. And so we try to do, I think we do a pretty good job of not pulling in anybody from outside our, our kind of community, but 
you know, we're not competing at the, the higher levels like that. And, quite and you won't unless you start adding yeah. some ringers in. And legitimate ringers, you know, like it's not like these guys are just Joe Schmoes from random leagues. You know, they're playing at pretty high level. They've, they've played at fairly high level handball at some point in their career. Yeah. And I guess, I guess the other, the other issue I have is like, I don't think it was the IHF's intention, but, but it, it basically supercharged that the, the incentive for doing it. And other teams, you know, other teams, I think some of the Saudi Arabian teams have done it, you know, uh, didn't. Well, those guys are under contract. Okay. I think for the most part, they, they move there and live there. Okay. And practice there. Okay. Um, you know, because if you were to start to enforce it, you would you would weaken teams. You know, so you would not have as good a team to compete, and you might not, you know, make it. You might get beaten by a team down in Mexico if you go to play in Mexico if you don't bring enough of them. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, we saw that last year. Yeah, and and I guess I guess the the other thing I think it it, it hampers things a little bit, and we got like uh, we got about four minutes left, so. Um, there's no incentive for a team in a big city to split up and to, to try and create like a, like it, like if you had a, a North Bay and a South Bay, San Francisco, uh, you know, San Jose, you know, you could theoretically start to uh, form regional teams and, and create rivalries you know la's la's split into two teams that was mostly yeah. because they got mad at each other same thing happened in houston many years ago um and when i played la had two teams um you know i was on for one and i it went and i when i showed up i went to practice at each team and i quickly decided that the condors were my kind of guys and the stars there's some good guys there, but they just weren't. It is a little bit further dry. But I wanted to play yep. with a with a more serious, fun group of guys. You know? So um, I don't know what the solution is, but it is it is an issue, and we can just well, we can just say it is what it is. Yep. When when John Briel came to visit, he and I discussed about the thought of making the Super Globe. A, like U23, U24 event, you know, so there'd be less of this, you know, kind of situation that we're discussing. Uh, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. Well, I think the other thing that, that Europeans just don't quite figure out is our clubs are not like European clubs and they never will be. You know, if, if handball ever gets serious and they start to have like pro teams, they will forget about NIAC, NYC, Cali, Chicago. Those teams will be history. They'll come up with their own nickname and their own management. It, it Clubs don't build up and become pro clubs in the U.S. It just doesn't work like that. Nope. So, but either way, what can you say? Calheat had their first win, you know, for a U.S. team at the Super Club. So, congrats, Calheat. On, uh, and for all I know, the, I, I looked at the Australian roster. I saw some foreigners on their roster. I have no idea if they're living there, where they just said, like, you know, anybody in Australia that plays handball, you're going to play on our club team. So we won't get beat by 40. We'll get beat by 20. 
I think uh, Chris and and the uninformed guys had uh, a guy from the uh, the Aussie team on their show, and he he made it sound like it was mostly Aussie. There there might be a handful of guys that are you know similar to Calheat that are working in the area or whatever it may be, but for the most part, they were somehow able to upset uh, the perennial power in uh, in Australia. Well, JD, we're we're running out of time. Um, thanks for joining and, uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll probably maybe do one next week as well. Yep. We got, you got topics that you want us to talk about? Send it our way for JD or this is John Ryan and thanks for listening. Take care.